Welcome to Creators Abroad. I'm Katerina, your nomad guide living in Northern England. And this is another narrative journey where we take risks, find opportunities and spark our imagination. I create these episodes to help you in your creative journey and share tips to build a new life in a foreign country or town. And most importantly, how to make a living as a creator. To do that, I've got another awesome guest with me today, Mark Hartman, developer of an app called Alosha, designed specifically to help artists earn a living. Before we get to hear more about Mark, who is Russian by descent, but moved to America at a young age, I wanted to share something that struck me after arriving in the Northeast. And this is something I simply call the artist's struggle. Working as a music journalist and blogger, I realized that many musicians, highly creative and talented people, weren't able to make money from doing what they love. And for reasons I was slowly coming to understand, it seemed there was a resistance to going all in and an automatic belief that only a lucky few will ever succeed. As I got to do with more creatives around the world, it became apparent that it was a tough road for most of them. And this is the very problem Mark is trying to solve, to give up-and-coming artists a hand in selling their work and getting exposure without having to pay extra in terms of subscription fees and so on. In other words, to make it as easy as possible for them to get a head start in building a community of fans and, well, getting some cash. So welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you for having me, Catherine. It's good to be here. Yes, though my favorite question is to ask all my guests to introduce themselves in the style of a film trailer. Hello, my name is Mark Hartman. I'm the one who who had an idea and I implemented my idea while I was trying to figure out how I can progress and be a benefit into the art artistic community. I was a musician. I wasn't necessarily struggling, you know, get my bills paid but i was struggling to get my music out there and getting nothing in return so when i one night <clears throat> discovered that there was a big problem there, there was a big space needs to be filled i decided to implement on the idea the next day and we have created the alosha from that point on excellent so we're going to hear a little bit more about how you came to that point and finally i found out that you're a musician so i was wondering about that <laughs> scene one app developer from Russia. As explained in the introduction, Alosha aims to help aspiring artists uh, promote and sell their work. And of course it's free, so they don't have to pay anything to sign up. And it does mean liberator in Russian. And you're originally from Russia. So I've said that like a million times already. So <laughs> at what point did you Guilty. move to America and why? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, through my when I was born, uh, through my early ages, early years of growing up until I was uh, into my teens, I was living in Russia, you know, learning all of that. And uh, through the 13-year-old uh, to now, I live in America. Uh, it was it was a hard transition at first, but you know, as the years go along, it gets easier and easier. You know, making friends and talking English and understanding, comprehending, and everything like that yeah what was the reason that you moved oh i was adopted oh i was adopted yeah. from from russia because i don't know they have a big problem over there with you know kids not having parents I, abandoned kids so yeah mm -hmm. 
Okay. I didn't know that. And I mean, well, I grew up in South Africa and it's kind of similar where there are loads of, um, well, obviously children without parents and then they do get adopted. So, and would, what would you say was the, the hardest aspect of adapting to life in America? Oh, the hardest part was a part of adapting was uh, not knowing where you're going, not necessarily know where you're going to be or, or how it's going to plan out, you know, the struggle, because you've been there for 12 years in Russia, and all of a sudden you have to move and leave all your friends behind and everything like that. Uh, that was like the hardest, the hardest part, because you're going to be alone in the place where you've never been before. Uh, you don't know how to speak English. You can't find any people that, who can relate to you or anything of that nature. So, yeah, uh, that's, mes- yeah. that's mostly the hardest part, yeah. How did you feel when you found out you were going to go to America? Sorry for all my questions. but <laughs> I, felt not, I felt very excited. Yeah, you did. I, yeah. Okay. It's like, finally. And then um, after that, I got scared. You know, I went through every emotion possible mm-hmm. as moving forward. Yes, of course. But you, obviously you arrived, you got, you adapted, you started making friends, learned English. And then, well, I mean, America is a culturally diverse country. Anyways, there are so many people who go there. And for some, yeah. it's like the American dream that attracts them. But what would you say are your best memories of Russia? And then would you, are you currently associating more with Russian culture, American culture, or a mixture of both? I'm more associating with American culture more than anything. I don't have that many uh, Russian friends. And the ones that I did have, they kind of moved on to become doctors, business guys, or uh, I don't really know what they're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) To tell you the truth, they they become to do something else. Uh, They're not following the the same path as I'm following. So we don't talk much. I see. And then what would you say is your best memory of Russia? Because this is a place I've never been to. I've always been fascinated by it, but I've just like, not been i've not had a chance to especially not last year <laughs> <laughs> the the best part was uh when when i did get adopted i had to stay there for a week uh with my uh so-called parents now mm-hmm. and uh we went to this big uh massive international hotel in moscow and mm-hmm. we stayed there for a whole week and that was exciting you know watching all the ballets we got free tickets to movies swimming pools i mean all this world just opened up to you like you've never been a part of and it was exciting from that point on i fell in love i see was that in moscow sorry to just to clarify yep that was in moscow the moscow was like the eye-opener what america could actually be until i got here it was so much more than that Mm -hmm. well this is really fascinating i didn't expect it but but now of course you you went through school and then you went to business school, as you explained earlier on when we were, were talking a couple of weeks back. And then you went into full-time developing Alosha. So that obviously a lot happened in between. So with business, art and tech, and you said you're, you're a musician, um, these are all different facets of your life. What are you most passionate about? And do you think that technology and art transcends cultural difference? They do transcend culture difference. The most thing I'm passionate about is business. I always wanted to be a businessman. Most mostly important. The artist, the the artistic side and the tech side, I just really I find it fascinating more than anything because of such a growth and such a like a I don't know. I would just wanted to know more and more about it as I as I grew into it. 
uh, I learned how to use a computer. I mean, without even knowing how to use a computer, I just figured it out. Mm -hmm. Just going from there, do you think that art and technology, because it's, I don't know, it's just different. Like business, you still, you can't say business transcends cultural difference because you're dealing with people directly, but art is something that sometimes you know, it's an expression of your emotions and technology is technology. I mean, everyone, if you see the use in it, because that's ideally what it does, it makes our lives easier, like with your app. So do you think those two things transcend cultural difference? With my app and and the technology that we have come up with, there's really nothing new, but uh, they do transcend cultural differences because now it's like, when you when you have a hobby and you're looking for a place, for instance, if you are in South Africa, let's say, you don't really have any applications. You don't really have any. Uh, you have no way of knowing, you know, how to sell our work because you don't have the reach as most Americans now today do. Uh, that's that's where the cultural and technology transcends into something bigger uh, than than yourself because you get to discover other people in other countries with their talents and what they are doing. And then you get together with them on difference, like, hey, what is South Africa is like? What made you create such a beautiful artwork? Like, what are you going through in your life? You know what I mean? And that's what we are trying to create. In, the, in that way, that the growth, art and technology transcends uh, together is, is, is uh, I don't know, comprehensible. Uh, it's amazing to me to watch that. Yes. And I think that's what it does. It does. It creates a space outside of the boundaries that we're used to in like a physical, in the physical world where we don't necessarily find out about other people and what they do and have these access to perhaps or an app, like what you've developed um, in order to make right. a living. Yes. And the biggest thing about our application, it's all, it's all free, you know, a little kid mm. in, Af in South Africa or wherever in London, uh, they could reach together from anywhere in the world. They could, you know, communicate, talk to each other, become friends, then share the artwork, share the stories, uh, everything of that nature. It's just bringing everybody together in the way that, I don't know, it saves saves you money, most of all, and then it saves you time. Because most, most of these other platforms, they charge you for the time to use them. So you lose value, and then you lose time, you lose patience, then you just give up. You know, our platform doesn't allow you to give up. Our platform allows you to just keep going, you know, whether it's a hobby, whether it's uh, just for fun, you know, you post it, you wait, maybe it sells. Who knows? Well, I think that's the beauty of actually having that ability to just put your work out there with, well, in this case, obviously there's a price attached to it. And then also at the same time, kind of, interacting with your fans and building a community around them so that's what we're going to discuss next but okay. first <laughs> scene, <I'm excited>. two. <laughs> scene two why don't artists earn money now this is a question i've just like this i mean this whole podcast basically everything i do is in a way connected to this question like why do we struggle so much because i mean i'm originally a musician and a writer i became like a content creator later on and it just seems like a lot of artists content creators included they just struggle with this fundamental question and they just struggle to make money off of their work and that's why they eventually turn to something else and that's why I'm fascinated. I want like this is like the ultimate 
question I want to solve, but obviously there are so many facets to it. Do you have an artistic background? And can you just tell us what you think that artists struggle with in addition to getting paid, which is always nice? <laughs> yeah. So my artistic background is uh, is music. Uh, I've always been interested in music, always listening to it. It's more like upbeat music, not really sad or anything like that. But I've learned different varieties of music, genres of music when I came to America. And that was like eye opener. So my mother and father got me into uh, uh, guitar lessons. So my mother and my mother was trying to teach me the piano. So I kind of picked up, picked that up like fairly, fairly easy. And then I learned the guitar with, you know, because my grandparents got me the guitar. And so I had to take lessons and all that stuff. That was kind of my background. And then I developed this new thing where it's like, uh, what, how do all these artists uh, make music through the computer and then share their creativity? So I ended up doing digital DAW. I downloaded that and I started playing piano, creating melodies, creating music. Well, technically music. So. Through that, the struggle is, well, everybody that, that I was around at that time, nobody told me that I was good enough or anything like that until uh, it was like five years past and I kept working and working and working. So I kept spending all this money on streaming services, trying to get my music out there, advertising, promoting, and uh, doing whatever that I could to be on iTunes, Spotify, soundcloud i just just everywhere and i wasn't getting anything in return i just kept spending money over and over and over again for all this work hours that i put in on the craft uh and then how am i going to get to reach people it was just it just it was just impossible so i decided the number one reason why artists don't make money is because there are millions of artists out there and they all choose to pay because there's always that chance for people to listen to your music, you know, pick it up and become popular. You know what I mean? But that's only like a winning a lottery shot, one in a million type chance that you will become famous. And that's the problem why they give up in the middle of five years or 10 years or however many years that it might be that they, you know, oh, look, it's, it's over and done with. I'm just going to stop because I didn't become famous in a certain amount of time. I'm good enough. Whatever. I just move on. Yeah. And so they stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's exactly what I explained in the, the introduction is that they've got this almost conviction that if within a certain span of time, they don't get picked up or they don't get the attention that kind of proves that what they're doing is valued then yeah. they're then they're not good enough and that's it always leads to some form of giving up whether it's maybe just doing it less deciding it's just going to be a hobby giving it up entirely so it's so sad to see that but it's a reality and i think it's just also yeah. the structures of the society where like you say we've got actually loads of different platforms that you can kind of promote yourself on but then there are so many people on there and you have to pay for that promotion. I don't know a lot about the streaming platforms, in fact, because, well, I've, I never had to use them. But I mean, I can imagine it's a little bit similar to, say, with podcasting, where you literally, well, now it's it's like really, really grown and you've got two million shows on 
Apple. So the chances of being discovered becomes obviously less, uh, but there are other ways of that you can actually get out there. And I think one big element of it is building community. And this is something that I think you're trying to do through, through the app as well. But just to, on this, this point of artists struggling, do you, and there is a strong polarization in the industry with you, where you have famous artists earning ridiculous amounts. I think this is the problem. So they really, they yeah. like become millionaires or whatever. And then everyone else is scraping by and giving up and going, oh no, well, this is impossible. <laughs> Uh, so what yeah. is this, why is this happening in society according to you? And do you think it's more applicable to say very capitalist societies like America and the UK? Because I've also heard some people saying, well, it's better in say, well, Germany is also capitalist, but it's better in other countries. Or do you just think it's a case everywhere and it's more about how or how much funding goes into the arts and arts and culture from the government? I feel like it's it's going on everywhere. You, you know, everybody wants that big uh, piece of the pie. Everybody wants the big slice. Everybody wants to make it in life somewhere, somehow, uh, shape and form, whether it's on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, or anything like that. And I don't even listen to mainstream music anymore because I, li I like to listen to underground stuff, like new artists every time. You know what I mean? But I never hear from them because Spotify doesn't, they, they, don't, they don't do that. You know, they always put mainstream people out there and, hey, here you go, listen. So the the only reason why it's, it is the way it is the way it is, and it's changing every day through different applications and different forms, but the, the model still stays the same, even with those other applications and forms. Not with us. Holy cow, I just lost my train of thought again. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was going to ask next is... So you've got, obviously, Alosha aims to set artists free of this problem of, you know, like actually producing really good work or whether it's music, painting, sculpture, whatever it is, but simply because platforms don't see them as like significant. I don't know exactly how it all works. Yeah. It's totally true what you're saying. Like I go on, I, I will constantly look for new music. And when I go on iTunes or wherever, it always just gives me like the mainstream stuff, the stuff that's like, what is what do they call it? Trending. And yeah. then I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want this. I, I, it's just, it's, I don't do no. it. And then yeah. the only way that I actually discover like other music that I enjoy is if somebody yeah. tells me, oh, I, I just found out about this, listen to it. And then it's like this kind of like, un, like you say, underground communication about artists trying to, well, creating better music because they're not like bound to all of those, you know, the what's considered popular, yes. you know, what's a trend, yeah. and then you can actually enjoy it. And now I've lost my train for what <laughs> it seems to be happening in all time. So briefly describe how Elosha works. How is your app actually helping artists with this problem? And us, because as people who okay. enjoy listening. So, <laughs> so how, how we are helping is in, is in many, many ways. So when, with, like I said a couple of minutes ago, When, when you do have music, when you do have art, uh, if you're a musician, artist, or whatever, uh, all these platforms are looking to take advantage of you, and we are not, okay? Mm -hmm. Because through time, your time grows value. We don't want to take that value away from you. The number one thing that these platforms will take from you is your value, and that's it. For instance, if you sell your music for 99 cents on iTunes, you'll never get the money back. 
for all the money that you spent to put to put your music on iTunes, it literally, I don't know what it is today, but it could be fifty to a hundred dollars every time for one song. You'll never get the money back. So with us, you will, because time grows value, uh, and your value will always be there with us. But that is the number one problem that we are solving. Another problem that we are solving is you don't have to be the most popular songwriter, song producer, artist, pictures, uh, anything of that nature. Just just post your stuff. Spread you spread your awareness. We even advertise your music, arts, everything like that on our platforms. We have people, so just take a chance. What else do you have to lose? You can either lose value or you can gain everything that you want from it. But now on the more practical side of things, so say we've got somebody listening, um, whatever they might be, maybe they're a musician, maybe they're a painter and they're like, okay, well, this is like describing my problem exactly. What do they do and how does it work? Okay. So it works this way. You, you use one of the three options to log in into your application, you create your profile. You choose artist, painter, musician, or you can choose all three, sculptor, painter, or a musician. Then you go down the list, uh, upload your artwork, uh, put a price into your credit card information so you will get the payout that you deserve if somebody buys it, mm-hmm. and then share your and then share it on our platform. When you share your stuff on our platform, it will be right there on the homepage. Everybody will be able to see you. Write a description of yourself. Tell people who you are and what you do and what you make <clears throat> and how you got inspired to make such beautiful art. Mm-hmm. And then just wait. We will work day and night for you tirelessly uh, to give you the best experience with our application. Yes. And part of this experience is, of course, because you're on on the app and there are like-minded people on there too you get to not only discover other people and then sort of become become fans of their work and vice versa I don't normally I don't like the word fan too much but just to become supporters or really enjoy their work yeah and then through that you build a community because I think that is where a lot of the industries that are tend to be saturated and kind of dictated by popularity that's where they're heading is creating more of a community of people who who really value work is that correct is this what happens in absolutely couldn't have said it you couldn't have said it better if we help each other out i'm not i'm not trying to take business away from these industry tycoons or whatever i'm i'm just i'm just giving this opportunity to to people who want to i don't know start somewhere and then you can move on, expand horizon mm-hmm. uh, elsewhere where you could be, you know, give us the opportunity first. I guarantee you from here on out, you'll be more more successful with people knowing who you are, uh, if that's your thing, or is it just just trying to upload money just to get over that fear? And, uh, you know, you hold all the keys while these uh, popular more bigger people they don't want to tell you anything about the industry or the knowledge or the business or any of that uh, aspect of it they hold all the keys right now but with their application the keys are yours you can do whatever you want okay great scene three technology a savior of artists 
because of the fact that artists struggle and that the whole creative career path is sometimes tarnished by the fact that our work is not valued or that we feel that our work is not valued. Being in a foreign context can actually amplify the difficulties of being an artist because now you're also in an unknown situation and you don't have that support structure that perhaps you were used to. Um, so I, I remember this one person, I can't remember who it was, but their recommendation was for filmmakers is to use the time at their family house or like with staying with their family to kind of establish their career because you don't have to pay rent of course if you're living with your family but if you're in a foreign context and you don't have a family then that becomes difficult there is no option like unless you want to be out on the street so right. keeping kind of like this in mind and this is where technology comes in because you're building community. So this is kind of a theme going through. What is the best technology, whether in terms of apps or social media, because that's also a big facet that you would recommend for artists to use? And if it's a combination, it's a combination. So what do you think? And <clears throat> when you start out as an artist at the beginning, uh, I guess the false knowledge is you got to spend money to make money. And I wouldn't do that uh, just to, just from experience. Uh, on any application <clears throat> on any promotions or anything like that because they don't work it's nothing but robots but for the best thing for artists out there is to get involved with groups like for instance on Facebook continue to spread your knowledge there share your knowledge and continue to grow an audience in that way and then develop your own type of uh uh, resume hub that, that you want to share with your group so they can find you anywhere. It's not just about social media any longer. It's about thinking bigger, bigger than that. So Facebook is the number one thing that I suggest artists is to help, help other people join the groups, other platforms that don't deliver and, uh, continue to you know grow grow friendships relationships and ask questions uh promote your stuff there like that tell people about who you are um and then you know what i mean eventually they will come around and they will know and hear you mm -hmm. and then secondly what other advantages would you say alosha offers to artists and yeah. is the app live like is it it's at this Absolutely. point oh yes okay. yeah Yes. <laughs> Facebook, uh, Android and iOS. Okay. So what other advantages does Alosha offer? We share your passion. We share your work. We advertise your work so you don't have to spend. We promote your work. Uh, that's another uh, achievement. We are actually all over the world and we're working to develop. I can't really talk about the developments, but we are working on them as we speak to get more more internationally embedded in the community. And when you say internationally embedded, yeah. do you does that refer to like having offices, development groups, or is it more like get having a presence in different countries? Having a presence in different countries. Where's your presence now mainly? Ukraine. Oh, okay. Didn't expect yeah. that. Okay. It's, right. it's, uh, I didn't expect it either, but it's very, very popular there. It's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Beijing and Italy. 
Okay. So that's interesting. I didn't actually expect it to, but so you've already got a fairly decent uh, international presence as is, if you've got quite a, like a lot of users in those, those countries. Now, just thinking a little bit more about apps, and this is a question that I'm quite interested in because there's also increasingly, well, I I don't know about apps specifically for what podcasts, but this is, something I've seen. I mean, I've got my own app for my podcast. And so there's just this increase of apps for kind of everything. I can see the benefit of it, but you really do need to be invested in kind of developing it to also benefit the people like your community specifically. Now, keeping this in mind, and also in the case of Alosha, but also businesses who set up their own apps, which is especially a feature of last year, when are apps effective? And when are they ineffective? Like, when don't they work? When do they just become an extra thing on your phone, like that you never use? (laughs) And what is the future? (laughs) But let's start with that. Effective and ineffective. Okay, okay. Um, So applications become effective when when they give you back the incentive to be on there. The applications become ineffective as in like a, oh, I don't want to spend any more money on this, like dating sites, uh, where a subscription is the most thing that they that they have going for them, that's when it becomes ineffective because, look, I can just walk down the street and meet a pretty gal or a girl. Why do I need to pay a subscription to to meet people? Mm-hmm. That's that's irrelevant. That's, that's when it becomes uh, <clears throat> irrelevant for your phone or irrelevant in, in any of it. The when it becomes relevance is when when the application actually works for you. You know, you know what I mean. When it actually gives you something uh, like an incentive to be on there, so you can grow uh, better to achieve. So you don't have to. I don't know. Sometimes you could spend money, but you can you can actually. It's actually less money to spend on that application because you are gaining so much from it. So that type of thing. Yes. Well, I kind of understand that. And it's kind of, it's funny because I just remembered while you were speaking that the, my one listener, I was surprised, like I'm actually surprised because obviously as the person creating the podcast and all of that and managing the social media, I don't go on my own app. <laughs> I should yeah. maybe <laughs> and try and improve it and stuff. But um, so I don't go on there. So I just kind of forget about it. But then my li- one listener said, oh, yeah, I you didn't post anything this week. And I'm like, yeah, no, I told you. And she's like, I went on, on your, your app. She said it. I was like, very surprised. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've got one. So it's, it's weird because for like in that scenario, they get what they get is all of the content in one place. So they don't have to say, log on to Instagram, on to podcast, uh, Apple podcasts, onto YouTube to find all the different pieces. Um, yeah. They can just go onto one place and then it's all there and they can pick which, which content they want to engage with or not. What is the future of mobile apps? I suppose this is like your industry, you in this industry. Or- I am, I am. Yeah. The future is uh, as people wake up, more and more of these applications will go away where you have to charge for subscription and you get nothing in return. And then, then the people will realize that if you're not gaining out of the application more than than what you're putting out, then what's the point of being on that application? And I think that's that's where people uh, gonna start drawing the line. Uh, well, look at this. What benefit does it give me? 
and why am I paying for it? That's basic thinking going to be of the application if if it goes in that way, or they, you're going to see a bunch of uh, free applications, you know, doing ads and all this and that kind of stuff on the applications where it's all free to join, but you're going to have to click a bunch of ads. Like when you go and play video games on your mm-hmm. phone, you have you have to click X a hundred million times before you can play again. Yes. Uh, it could become like that, but yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't that's, think that's any... the future right there. Yeah. Okay. So it becoming fruit. Um, you get apps that are more likely to be free. <laughs> that was a complicated way of saying like, you just get more free apps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't understand. Uh, okay. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because people, I mean, people are, are, are going to wake up either way. Uh, like, what, what is the value I'm, I'm getting here? Am I paying or am I making? I don't want to spend, you know, money that I don't have, especially during this pandemic. I'm trying to uh, pay the rent or, you know, trying to live, house, pay mortgage, cars, payment and all that. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's a financial perspective of mine on, on uh, the future of technology. But that... The reliability of technology is always going to be there uh, for the future, regardless if it's free or costs money. So, okay. Well, I have one more question, but thank you for sharing everything about Alosha, about your a little bit about your journey so far. And I've actually got like I could delve into the whole mobile app thing longer, more, but. Once again, it's always like this with with these episodes that actually just requires a new episode by itself. So thank you, Mark, for joining me today. You're very welcome, Catherine. Uh, Thank you for having me here. So what do you foresee for yourself in the space of app development? What would you like to have achieved in five years' time? And how would you have liked to change the lives of artists? The one way I would like to change the artist's lives is is to for them to have more value for the artwork. Like for instance, if you go on our platform, your artwork grows in value over time, <clears throat> in worth. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one main goal where technology and uh, assets become worth worth more through technology. Yeah. And what do you foresee for yourself? And for me, I just want to stop working. I just want to stop. Uh, I just want to work for myself most than anything. Just kind of to work on the application consistently and then help people uh, travel around the world and help people with their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you once again for joining me. So where can people actually find Alosha and even get in touch if they've got more questions? You can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Please join our platforms. Uh, we'd be more than willing to talk to you, tell you everything that you want to know in case you have more questions uh, through this podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, give me a text. My, my direct phone number is right there on Facebook. Give me a text message so we can, uh, we can talk more. Great. And then just before we go, I've got round 42, which is the answer to life, the universe and everything. That's from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the the galaxy so just a couple of quick questions and feel free to elaborate as much or as little as possible and the first question is 
I normally have a surprise question for this, but I totally forgot to prepare it. So now I'm going to have to surprise myself as well. Um, tea, coffee, or water? If you could only drink one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Water. Water. Yep. Okay. No elaboration. I think that was a good. I think that was a good. So, <laughs> that was a well, scientifically informed answer. Well, water gives you gives you energy. Gives you that uh, liberation of the spirit and soul. It, it puts more oxygen to your brain and allows you to focus better. So that's that's what I get from drinking water every day. And I'm like, ah, uh, when I drink coffee or or tea for a certain amount of time, I'm just like, ah, oh, I really need a glass of water mm-hmm. every time. So yeah. it's kind of that one thing. If you drink, you're always going to be missing water afterwards. So why not just have water? Yeah, that's a, that's the perfect answer. Um, most common misconception of Russia, according to you. I know you've actually been living in America for the most part, but what do you think it is? That it's cold. It's not cold? All the time. Yeah, that it's cold all the time. It's, it's like, and all the Russians like to drink vodka. So this is not true. <laughs> it's not true, no. Okay. <laughs> One day I'll find out when travel and all of that opens up again. Um, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Oh, you become who you hang around with. That's number one truth. Number two truth is money isn't everything. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people with different viewpoints on on this, especially the second one. Yeah. <laughs> and last one, what would you do? And this is a serious question. What would you do tomorrow if you were 20% braver? If I was 20% okay. braver, what, what would I do differently if I was 20% braver or what would I do? Yeah, what would you do differently? Like tomorrow, if you were just like that much braver, what would you do differently? What would what's that decision that you've holding back on basically? I don't I don't I don't I don't really know because because if I if I answer that question, people are gonna be like, well why aren't you doing it now? You know <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Just just get up and go do it. So well people are gonna want to know the answer and the answer would be to put a team together and start going around uh, and investing in other businesses like mine to share that communication so they don't have to go through the same steps that I went through and learn the hard way that that we've been learning uh, mm-hmm. in the past. But everything gets easier throughout the years because you've already been there, done that. So if people would, if I would know how a better way to communicate that out there, for people who who are starting out with these applications and are struggling, um, spending money left and right, I would tell them like a different way. I would teach them, or just guide them in the way that we could. I don't know, just help them out. That's that's basically it. Yeah. Okay. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're a creator currently living abroad or you want to live abroad, get in touch. Say hello on Insta at creators.abroad or head over to our website, creatorsabroad.com. You can find out more about my podcast, production studio and content creation consultancy. All the details are on my website. I've also got a trailer episode for the podcast called What to Expect. If you're interested in listening to more episodes, I suggest heading to that 
short trailer episode and that will help you decide. You can also subscribe and follow to support the show or take a second to leave me a rating and review on Apple. All of this helps more people find the show and it does mean a lot to me. Join me next time for more narrative journeys of creators abroad.